Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We get it. Gift giving for your guy isn't the easiest thing in the world, especially for Valentine's Day. I'll say, there's only so many stuffed animals holding a heart a guy needs. But what if you got him the perfect gift that's also a gift for you? <laughs> We're talking about a pair of the OG Perfect Jean, made with a super secret special premium fabric blend that is extremely comfortable and makes his butt look good. The perfect jean has fits ranging from athletic to slim thick to skinny. So whether running errands with a polo for the office or paired with a solid color tee and blazer for date night, the perfect jean always looks and feels good. And let's face it, if your man looks good, you look great. But what's a gift without a little savings for you? Use code PEROPOD. That's P-E-R-O-P-O-D on your first order at theperfectgene.nyc and get 20% off. Hey, Valentine's Day is about showing love and we think 20% off your order shows just how much we love you. So this Valentine's Day, save 20% off a pair of the perfect gene for your man with code BETOPOD. It's the perfect gift. Hey everyone, this is DJ. And this is Ish. And this is Season 7 of Better Let Me Tell You. love that song so much i just realized how much i love james ingram dude james ingram I it's mean, a name i knew right but I just, he's one of these people that when you look at his greatest hits it's like oh i know every song in here yeah and i did not know well let's it was welcome him. our our, our, yes, our yes, 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 yes. Hey everybody welcome to episode 284 Four. of pero <laughs> let me tell you how is everybody happy friday happy friday it's friday it's friday yes friday. friday it's almost valentine's day which means the dollar store has fourth of july yes yes oh. so now they're gonna have christmas again <laughs> i'm not kidding what they're gonna have christmas I know, again I know. it's like weren't we just here yeah it's like hmm, it's only we august just here yeah. how is everybody yeah i think everybody's doing good i hope every well actually i will say you know we had a little bit of a scare this mm-hmm. week in florida mm-hmm the earthquake. Oh, yeah. So everybody's okay. It was 100 miles off the East Coast. It was Wednesday night. Oh, it's now fake Friday. I don't have, I don't have a, a 
earthquake rider on my <laughs> I don't think anybody does. property insurance. I know, but it's Florida. Hashtag that's true. Because Florida. That's so, true. You that's know. true. But um, anyway, yeah, James Ingram. James, James Ingram. Ingram. Mira, he sings what we were just singing yeah. now. Um, Come to me. Oh, I freaking love that's that song. Then he song. sings, find 100 ways. Yes, yes. And then he also sings, just once. Can we finally make the magic last for more than just one night? And then he, American Tale, somewhere out there. And more. And more, yeah. And then in the 90s, he had, I don't have the heart to love you. Not the way you want me to. James Ingram was the shit. And, you know, he was like classic R&B. Yeah, because he was seventies, eighties, and he had a few songs in the early nineties. So he's not like nineties R and B. No, like, no, no, no. Like yeah, classic R and B, and oh, yeah. sweet, sweet um, R and B. You know that's that, you that, know that's that, my jam. That is your sweet spot. That is your sweet spot. <laughs> oh, but yes. baby, come to me, Amira. Baby, come to me. A, by James Ingram and Patty Austin. It's a reunited. Oh, and it that's Peaches and Herb, right? Peaches and Herb. Okay. And then the other one by Sergio Mendes. Oh well, yeah. That we don't know who sings it really. Right. Um, those three songs, my God, it's, just I, back to back. It's like you got pregnant just listening <laughs> to those songs. Like those listeners, songs, I hope you're wearing condoms while be, you're hearing this. Conversation. Should be played in fertility clinics. Yeah. Like, <laughs> welcome to our fertility playlist of Pero. Let me tell you, baby, <laughs> but it's so good. Hey, well, you got to throw some Barry White in there if it's a fertility clinic. Yeah, no, but like that's du- the law. But these are duets, you know. Okay, so okay, okay, okay. There's, there's a little his and hers. That's true. That's on, true. It, it's bringing people together. I, it, yes. as music should. Be, as music should. Yes, yeah. yes. But um, yes. it was great. So yeah. speaking of music, I the transition was right there. Did you see the Grammys today? I, this weekend, I, did, did the, everybody see the Grammys? I think. I think. Well, actually, I, I know that the ratings were up. Yeah, this year. So the Grammys were amazing. Yeah. So I will. I don't know if all of our listeners heard it, but I know a big chunk of our listeners did. If we're going by numbers alone, yeah, we're, we're going to go that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I loved the Grammys this year. I, I I was just thinking about it the other day that it's been so long since there's been a Grammys that I just walked away afterwards feeling like happy. Right. It just there it, was something for everybody. It, it just yeah, it was something for everybody, but it just felt like a like an actual celebration of music. Is, is the vibe that came across, where I know that's the vibe every year that they're going for, but for some reason this year, it just felt really like everybody was there to have fun, you know? Yeah. And I think we can credit that, honestly, to Miley setting the tone. Yeah. You know what's funny? I think she so, just, she set the tone. So for you listeners who weren't watching, um, Miley Cyrus won a couple of Grammys, yep. and she her actually first. won the first Gram- her first Grammy ever, and yep. the first Grammy of the night. And it's funny because... I was watching the Grammys, and right when I was watching, I was actually cooking. And I they had a really hush-hush who the presenters were going to be Yeah, they didn't year. say, yeah. And, you know, uh, 285 episodes. Mm. Everybody knows I love Mariah Carey. And I would usually, I wouldn't know if she's going to have like a major There's public, buzz. You know, right. um, and presenters, they usually say who's going to present. And I'm there, I'm there, you know, cooking, and I hear, oh, and our next, our first presenter Five-time Grammy Award winner. Okay, she has five Grammys. I knew that. 32 nominations. I'm like, (laughs) okay, 32 nominations. Um, She, the highest-selling female. I'm like, 
what? <laughs> like every 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 actor I was like, wait, There's what? no one else it could I was be. Like, wait, what? I was like, right. I, I like dropped what I was making. I'm like, oh, hold on. And then of course it was Mariah. She came out. Yes. Um, and she um, MC presented to MC. MC, you know, she the award was to Mariah. Uh, Mar- I'm sorry, Mariah presented the award to Miley. What was it for best pop female artist? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So you know what what. That moment got a lot of buzz for was that when Miley won her award, you know, she was really celebratory and all that. And she, you know, gave a lot of respect to yeah. Mariah. Like, absolutely. This is so iconic, you know, MC and MC. And, you know, if I would have missed the award, it would have been okay, but not you. So she, you know, gave my uh, Mariah her credit yeah, as her props, an yeah. icon while she was getting it. Not what happened later in the day with no, sorry to the the no. Swifties out there with Taylor Swift and Celine Dion with, with Miss Carbon Footprint herself. It, it's funny because I'm sure when you were watching it and when everybody's watching yeah. it, it was like immediately I was like, wait, what? Because she, you know, went so Taylor Swift wins uh, album. album of the year, so it's like the biggest award, and um, Celine Dion presented it and right. you know when they presented Celine yeah. and Dion, Celine's been going through her stiff people right, disease you know, right, that right. she's been out of the public eye for quite some time and people are very concerned about her health and you know again she's been completely gone from the spotlight so when they say oh Celine Dion everybody like stood up and was like wait what like right. I, I got a little misty this was like a big deal right yeah. so then you know obviously she presents the nominees Taylor won Taylor goes out and drags Lana Del Rey up on the, on the oh my God. she literally dragged her she bumped into a chair <laughs> um, up on stage she greets everybody on stage but what i thought was really funny of celine dion was that she didn't even acknowledge her existence no. like like it, it was like if she got the award from a statue from like a pedestal like, yeah 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 like like, uh, like uh, just she didn't even make eye contact with no. her obviously i would like to believe she that got caught, she up caught, caught up in the moment yeah i mean i don't think that taylor swift and i'm not a swifty i'm not either a critic i don't either defend her or criticize her but i also don't think that she would have done that not um, purposely not purposely right, right. but but the mvp of the whole grammys <laughs> is that pr person yeah. for taylor swift because obviously we all noticed that at the same time that she didn't acknowledge Celine Dion. And not less than two minutes later, 120 seconds later, there was a picture <laughs> on Twitter um, of them two hugging. Yeah, so that, that person holding the award. That, yeah. Taylor, if you're listening yeah. to our podcast, you better give that person a raise. Yes. Well, maybe not, because I think that person is probably responsible right now for the other kerfuffle that's happening with Taylor Swift. What's the other kerfuffle? So there's you, another kerfuffle? There's another kerfuffle, a Taylor kerfuffle. Oh no. Um so you know I don't know if you've heard of this kid who he he tracks the the private jet usage of celebrities and billionaires and he uh, oh, and he publishes no. it on, she on has a Twitter. Footprint, doesn't so he again and he's used so he he did it for Taylor Swift and this is public information because he's not it's not like he's paying somebody off he's getting it from some like FAA mm-hmm. website yeah, yeah, yeah. right so he's been posting it to show like look she's you know like I think one of the last ones it was like instead of a 40 minute drive she took her private plane and it was a 13 minute flight mm-hmm. right her team her legal team has issued a cease and desist to him saying that his behavior is akin to stalking and that you know it's posing a, a danger for her safety by by posting you know her her whereabouts i mm-hmm. guess you could say um to which i call bullshit because that yeah, he's he's that's using public information, public information you know right. and so flight records are public information yeah so what they found is that is like the, you know her her carbon footprint isn't as as Swift as uh, as has they she like made it some to be? claims to be like all green. I don't necessarily know that she's been making claims. I mean, but she has an album called Evermore. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think she like she's and I don't know how Carbon Footprint works, listeners. So if any of you knows, please feel free. But I think she like she borrowed against some 
footprints and it's, there's a whole I thing. Mean, look, I mean, look, I, 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 I barely know air rights because there's two involved, involved things there. I mean, I do think that obviously as a celebrity, there's a lot of celebrities that take all these private jets everywhere. Right. And I think that as a, a celebrity, maybe you, if you have the option, as you said, of a 40 minute flight versus a, a 40 minute drive, a 40 minute drive versus yeah. a 13 minute flight, you know, maybe if it's, if it's not too much a big of a deal, take, take the bus or the, you know, yeah, yeah, the, and the, these are like really big, nice private buses. Yeah. It's right? not the public so, transport. Yeah. you know, at the same time, like maybe certain celebrities or millionaires or whoever take private jets because it's not common folk like us could do maybe a little bit you know a little bit goes a long way could, right. could be a little bit more responsible about that but at the same time I also think that Taylor Swift is in a unique position right now where anything and everything that she says or doesn't do or doesn't say is going to get scrutinized right so she is that person right no, now no fair enough fair enough but but to this kid's credit I mean he's a, he's a college student and he does it for everybody I mean right. he he publishes it igual for Taylor Swift for Donald Trump right. for Elon Musk right. like so he's I remember not Harry and Megan got got uh, some shit for that too, right? That they were using, you know, their their plane in philanthropy, you know, because they were going to all these like, uh, you know, philanthropic yeah, events yeah, yeah. and using their private plane a lot. So I, I don't have a problem with that, with that being out there. And again, it is public information, right. but you know, again, I think that right now she's being so scrutinized, oh, like that sure. whole conspiracy. That her and, and okay, this guy. what is that? I I I can't even be bothered to it really is look into it. So but con- what is the, it? The, so the whole conspiracy is that apparently um, Taylor Swift and Kelsey uh-huh. um, they are in on it. To their relationship is a sort of a publicity stunt. Okay, and the games now, um, especially the championship games, are all bought and and you know so, so it's locked up. Yes, uh, in favor of the Chiefs, and that they are going to win the Super Bowl. So it could include their. It could make them more more popular. How's that possible? Um, more popular and have their power more spread through. So then at the end they can endorse Biden. Good I lord, mean, that is some long it's game It's funny bullshit. because the other day, someone very close to me mentioned that, and I go, stop. I was like, stop. <laughs> this is how rumors, perp- this is how you perpetuate, uh, right, perpetuate rumors, perpetuate yeah. rumors yeah. right? This is how you rumors spread. So even you saying, oh, I heard that this and this and this, but I think it's not true, is enough to spread the rumor. Like so, we just did. So, the, <laughs> the, well, I mean, but we're, we're putting that to shame, yeah. you know? The, the fact that this, it's sort of like, Okay, let's be creative and come up with a rumor and we're going to put it out there and we're going to tell people that it's true. Right. I mean, to make these wild allegations that all these games and the championship, uh, NFL championships, have been you know bought and favored for the Chiefs so they could then in turn win the Super Bowl because they're going to win the Super Bowl. So these two powerhouses, you know, Taylor Swift and her boyfriend Kelsey can like can, cement can now, their power can now have even a greater influence. So then they could endorse Joe Biden and then win the election. I mean, this is the type of stuff that like, it's like, welcome to creative storytelling, right? Right. I what, think, what, what, what creative story are we going to come up I, with? I today? think this and was there's actually people who believe this, like who actually yeah. believe this. And, and, and again, this is not even about political ideology. No, it's just the, the the leaps you have to make to think that this is true. Yes, the mental gymnastics that yes. you have to do. The mental gymnast gymnastics that you have to take to get to that. I mean, and listen, that's not to say that there's certain things that aren't rigged or certain things uh, that fair enough that may be you know in play in completely other realms. But I mean, this is like a really far stretch. And there's people who believe it. I mean, look, I think at the end of the day, most people, even people that say they believe it, don't believe it, but they'll do 
and say whatever they need to do and say to get to their ultimate political narrative that right. fits them. Right. So, yeah, it's it's really, really crazy. So it's funny because there's people who are saying, oh, you know, you watch. If, the you know, Kansas City wins the Super Bowl. See, I told you it was right. Well, they're sort of leaving out that Kansas City has won several Super Bowls right. in the last several years. And they are currently one of the powerhouses, not now, for several years right. in the NFL. So they have a very they have a cons- good track record. They have a very consistent record that shows that they're on the top of literally their game. Right. Um, so they're, they're Sort of leaving that, uh, you know, point out. So because it would have sort of been, you know, they, they would have made that argument about the Miami Dolphins. Okay, well, you know, the Dolphins, the Dolphins had a pretty sure. good season this year, but you know, on the whole, on the whole, they've had they they haven't been competitive for a while, right? Um, but you know, you're talking about a team that has been extremely competitive in the last several years. But yeah, we're just gonna go ahead and believe that. Good googling. By the way, su- speaking of the Super Bowl, I'm ready for Usher. I I mean, well, you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm ready for Usher. So what do we think Usher's going to sing? Um, yeah. Um, OMG? Probably. Because um, baby tonight. Well, he's supposed to have a, a special guest. So I think maybe depending on who the special guest is, might I don't think the special flip. guest is going to be anybody that's been in his songs. Okay, so you, it won't be like Pitbull? No. Okay. And I really hope it's not. I don't mind Pitbull. I don't mind. Up, come it's on. not that I mind Pitbull. It's not that I mind Pitbull, but Pitbull is in um, in DJ's God is Falling in Love right. Again, right. and um, which is actually one of my favorite Usher songs. Pitbull's rap in that song, I mean, is terrible. It's so bad that the single edit has a different rap because in oh, the really? original one he goes "Papa Nicolado." Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's talking about a pap smear. People, I think more songs should talk about pap. Smear. I mean, he's talking about a pap smear. I mean, come on, Armando, we know you could do better than that. Like that rap is like awful. And then the one he did in the single, maybe it was for breast cancer awareness. Then the one he did in the single, "Bada Boom Bada Beam," is not any much better. Okay, so but are you gonna prefer? Pap smear. I mean, I guess you could only go up from Pap smear, right? <laughs> As most women will agree, <laughs> <laughs> you can only go up. So I don't know about that. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I. He's got thirteen minutes. If he could have any, if he were to do a song, if he were to bring somebody up where mm-hmm. he that is somebody he's done a song with before, I would love and hope that it's Alicia Keys. Okay, but well, you know My what. Boo. You know what? The only reason I would say it's probably not hers because she's already done her. She's already done a halftime. Yeah, but she doesn't headline a halftime. And Usher's already done halftime she too. She didn't headline? No. And Usher's done halftime too. Usher came out in 2011 with a Black Eyed Peas. Why do I think that? Why did I think yeah, that she, she has headlined? not headlined? No, I, I, clearly. I'm taking your word for it, but in my mind, she did. She hasn't. <laughs> okay, well then, there you go. Okay, so it could be Alicia Keys. It could. If it's somebody, if it were to be somebody that right. has done a song with, I hope it's her. Because then Alicia Keys can, you know, do a. Little snippets of her songs, right? Give us a little medley, yeah, a little medley uh, that there, he right. could sort of sing on as well, yeah, because he could just do the backing. He vocals. could, he no, he could do a duet with Fallen, <gasps> oh, with her. See, and he could why do, a why duet do you get me excited about of, things that then don't happen? Some people want oh, it all, right. so yeah, it could be Alicia. You heard it here first, it people. It could be Alicia. <laughs> you know what? If on Sunday the stage is set up with like a big circle and there's nothing in the circle, it might be Alicia coming up with the piano, maybe, maybe, yep. and he can so, dance on the piano. Um, All I know is that it, it's got to be a lot more lively than last year's. Uh, uh, <laughs> Rihanna, Rihanna snooze a palooza. Oh, yeah, gosh, Rihanna's, Rihanna's Rihanna's halftime performance last year was awful, and 
I like Rihanna. It's nothing it's against, against Rihanna. Rihanna. And actually, you know what? I wouldn't even say that it was awful. I shouldn't say it was awful. It was just boring. But it was just like when when the halftime finished immediately on Twitter. Oh, Queen. Oh, she Best slayed. halftime no, ever. No, she didn't. She didn't. <laughs> no, she, look. In 285 episodes, I think I've professed how much I love The weekend, Right. You know, how Abel's my boy. Right. And I will tell you, I don't think Abel's Super Bowl was the best one. It was It was, It was. was kind of messy. I would put it mid. I, I don't think it was messy. I would just put it mid. Remember that he did it in 2021 oh, the, the when COVID. he had all the pandemic restrictions. Yeah. So he couldn't have he couldn't have a stage in the middle of the field, although he did go out in the middle of, of, of the field at the end to do blinding lights. But he was restricted. Um, I think I would put him mid-range. It wasn't terrible. But it wasn't. It wasn't. I would definitely not put it in the top 10. Right. And if I did put it in the top 10, it would be my personal favorites because I love it. It's a biased top 10. Right. But I know that he's not one of the best Super Bowls. Right. right, right, right. You know, uh, it, this girl's performance was not that great. In terms of the technology, it was that she was like on floating platforms. Oh, that's and all cool. That. that was cool. But then I'll repeat really what I, what I told you after that you got you thinking. <laughs> yeah. That I told you. When have you ever seen a performance of elite of uh, Rihanna. Rihanna that knocked your socks off? I'll give you a minute. No, no, no. You don't have to because we we did this. We went through this last year. Yeah. And no, you're right. And I like Rihanna. I've never seen Rihanna in concert, but I would totally go see her in concert. I I, I love Bad Girl Riri. You know, I like her songs. I like her. But when have you ever seen a performance of Rihanna yeah. that you Sarah were like, Camille. go, yeah, wow, damn. Yeah. No, you're right. Chiquita. You're right. She's, she's just not that girl. She, she's not. Yeah. She's not. I mean... Bad girl Riri. Yes, but we'll see. We'll see. You know, next Friday, I'm sure we will be cooing and and awing about Usher's performance. Usher is so freaking awesome. I'm just glad Usher exists. He is. I I, I mean, Usher. I'm glad he got the Super Bowl. Um, I think it's long overdue. Um, I mean, if he doesn't bring out Alicia Keys, I would totally bring out Janet Jackson. But you know, <laughs> I think Janet. You know, uh, listen, uh, with that said, though, remember, children, this Sunday to put out your um, your nipple rings for Janet Jackson Day. Janet Jackson Appreciation Day. Appreciation Day, Day yes. yes I mean, it, look, if I was usher, the only reason I wouldn't bring out Janet Jackson is because... It would overshadow. It would overshadow yeah, you. You've worked yeah. so hard to get there that it's like, okay, I also don't want to sabotage myself. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm not going to... I'm going to make myself look less than the headliner. Yeah, yeah. So... Speaking of music, yeah, I, sorry, one quick thing. You know that I didn't know they don't get paid. No, they to never do. The do. Super Bowl. They, they get a production budget, right? But they but don't. They don't get paid. No. Yeah, I found that out. This they year. don't, and they do get a production budget, and it's not as big as people nope. think it is. Uh, um, the weekend, put the some weekend of his had money. to put yeah. in his money. I think Madonna had to put in her money, some of her money in 2012. Um, yeah. They actually have a lot of limitations. Yeah, and according to the documentary <laughs> that J Lo did for her halftime performance, apparently they don't let you do anything. <laughs> like. <laughs> You know, they don't let you do this. They don't let you. It's the NFL, you know? That's true. That's true. At the end of the day. Listen, the last time they let you do whatever you wanted, Janet Jackson. So, you know, got I, saw, I saw that documentary of, of J Lo, mm-hmm. um, the one with halftime. Yes, halftime, yeah. I saw it like last week. Oh, <laughs> four okay. years later. Four years later. I don't know. I just never was tempted to see it, but I actually did see it. And you know what? I have to tell you this. I ended up loving that halftime. I loved it. It I was fantastic. It. I would put it in the top 20. 20 halftime shows ever. And I think it was great that it was here in Miami, that it was Latina power and all that. But she said something along the lines of that I agreed with her. Jennifer Lopez, love her or hate her, thinks she's great, thinks she sucks, has an enormous amount of star power. Yeah. So does Shakira. 
So why didn't they get their own halftime performance? Why did they split it up between the two? Because Jennifer Lopez, I would argue, brings viewers is as at least as popular as Maroon Five, and they got their own Super Bowl. I would argue she's more popular. Jennifer Lopez in the U.S. is arguably more popular than Coldplay, and I love Coldplay. Right, but right, but they got their own halftime show, and I could go on and on and on. Why did they have to share? Why did they have to share? Misogyny. I mean, look, I don't want to jump up to that, but it's like, why do they have to share? Right. Because, because they, they're both huge stars. Shakira, as big as Shakira is here to us, I understand that Shakira internationally is bigger than yes. in the United States, although she's very big here. Right, right. She's very well known. Right. Uh, but internationally, I think Shakira has a bigger audience than Jennifer, but J-Lo has a huge audience here. Lover or hater. And again, I'm not complaining about the show because I thought the show was, was fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. but... You know, why did they give it half to like oh. half and half? One day we'll have them on the show and we'll ask. Yeah. I'll be like, Shakira, I'm not going <laughs> to ask you about Sigas or Domuda. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We're well into the new year and you're probably trying to figure out how to keep those New Year's resolutions. You know who could help with that? Our friends at BetterHelp. So often we focus on external factors when trying to make changes in our lives when the key is actually improving our mental well-being. BetterHelp offers various customized therapy options like phone, video, text, or even live sessions, all with a certified therapist. Your mental health deserves to happen on your time, right? And BetterHelp can match you with a therapist in 48 hours, in most cases. And as a special offer for Pero Let Me Tell You listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com pero. It's already more affordable than in-person therapy. Now you can also save on your first month. Self-improvement isn't just a New Year's resolution. It's a lifelong journey, and BetterHelp can help you take the first step on that path. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash pero. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast episode. So speaking of music, so saw a documentary this week about the making of We Are the World. Um, I think you said you hadn't had a chance to watch the documentary. And... um, it was really interesting because they they talk about um, you know the making of the show of, of the song um, and uh, how hard it was to get together. I think it was forty seven singers for the show, and these were forty seven wow. of the best singers at the peak, yeah, their, uh, in their peak of the most legendary singers: Diana Ross, Tina Turner, Eric, um, uh, Bob Dylan, Michael Jackson, um, Holland Oates, Holland Oates. Okay, we have um, to always, you know, this is the Holland Oates Holland podcast. Oates. Um, so on and so forth. Cindy Lauper, Huey Lewis, um, yeah, Smokey Robinson. Uh, I mean, legends, absolute yeah, yeah. legends. And um, you know how hard it was to get them all together in one room to do that. And um, the only way they could do that was if they uh, shot it the night of the American Music Awards. And like I learned in the documentary that that same night, Bruce Springsteen has had it concluded his born in the usa tour Jiminy. and he flew from the last show over to record the song oh, wow. like it was that big of a, of a deal and you know for those of you who are maybe old enough to remember this song um and the song has significance to you i really recommend watching it because for example 
I actually think We Are the World is cheesy as fuck. Like uh, I, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like the song. No, I, I'm not a fan of preachy songs. I actually so think that's my the thing. song is terrible. But, 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 especially if you're our age, that song was very, very relevant when we were kids. Like yeah. little, little kids. That song came out when we were like in kindergarten. So that was also a song that did not die for years. <laughs> for years, it didn't <laughs> die. So every Christmas show, every chorus rehearsal. Every graduation. Every graduation. Yeah, yeah. Every freaking thing was, we are the world, we are the children, we are the ones that make so, I, I like your We Are the World by way of Jojo Siwa. So, so you just did no, that. No, like, We Are the World! We Are the Children! We're the ones who make a better day! That would have been Jojo Siwa. Everyone, we are the world! Eh. You like the ball in the hair? Eh. Anyway, moving right along. Um, uh, so, the reason I brought this up was because. Um, as much as I don't care for the song, and I think it's really cheesy, as I said, I do feel for the song from a nostalgic point mm-hmm. of view because it reminds me of my childhood. And it reminds me of how big a song can be because that song was massive. True. So what made me think about this, and I pass it off to you, hmm. and this may make a sound old and dated, <laughs> is I was, looking at that, it up. I was looking at that documentary and I was like, man, everybody on here is a freaking legend yeah would they be able to do that today so i think that the short answer is yes and no do you think they would have to go with like people that were already legends and be like hey right i know know your heyday was like 25 years ago right come to we are the world right like i think you would probably have like an interesting blend you so you would probably still have like your your stevie wonders Right, um, Lionel Richie, Diana Ross, you know, kind of bring them back as the old guard, right? Like, like passing the baton. But then you would have to incorporate certain newer, quote unquote, legends. Uh, I'm, I'm loath to use that word for the for the people I'm about to say, only because I don't think they've been doing it long enough to warrant that title necessarily. But you know, you would bring in your Beyonces and your Taylor Swifts, right? Because these are people who I think we can all agree are going to stand the test of time. Like they're, they're going to be that next generation right. of longevity artists, right? And then you bring in, you know, your other people who are probably not going to be around for the next five years or so. Right, but Mira, because something that I was looking at is that, so for example, the We Are The World was recorded in January of 1985. So it's 39 years old. So for example, somebody like Diana Ross. <laughs> Diana Ross at that point had been famous for like... 30 years. 25, 30 years, yeah. right? But she was still extremely relevant and making right. top 20, top 40 music in 1985. Yeah, she had probably just come off of like mahogany or something. Right. Yeah. The same with like Kenny Rogers. Right. The same with like Lionel Richie. You know, he had been around for a while. But, you know, even though Lionel Richie came out, what, in like the 60s with the Temptations? Uh, Commodores. The Commodores. The Commodores. Um, um, uh, in ni- like his biggest hits were actually in 84, 85, oh, yeah. 86. So know? they were still to come. Right. Yeah. Like, he was at his peak, even though he had been around for 20-some years right. at that point. So there were a lot of singers that in, in the original We Are the World that were not... They were very experienced and well-seasoned yeah. singers. Right? Then you had newer people like at that time, like Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Cindy Lauper. Uh, Cindy Lauper, Hall & Oates. Right. Um, Huey Lewis in the News. Uh, Natalia Hawkins, Jackson. <laughs> um, people like that. Well, even Michael Jackson had been around since he was a kid. Um, but he was already a veteran at that point, yeah. Right. So... 
yes, you you would bring in classics, but those classics were very still relevant at that time. Whereas now... That doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. Very few people, like... I mean, I guess you could say Madonna. Right, but Madonna, nah. but, but, but Madonna there's certain people that are in a different category. But, like, for example, if they were to bring somebody... Like, Beyonce is a good example because Beyonce is one of the exceptions. She's had a recording career for over 25 years. Right. And you could even say that she was at her peak, you know, right, right, this right. past year now with Renaissance. But Beyonce is the exception, not the rule. Like, right. who are you going to bring from the TRL days, let's say, that 20 years ago? Are you going to bring Blink-182? And no disrespect to them. No. Maybe you could bring the, the lead singer from Fall Out Boy. So, are you, okay, <laughs> let's say, are you going to bring Christina Aguilera? And it's no shade to Christina Aguilera. I mean, I think, I think okay, so I would say yes, only because if you're looking for the, that combination of, like, powerhouse voice mm-hmm. with, leg- with name value, I, I say bring Christina. Right, but... But she's, again, but she's not. But she's not the. To your point, she's not relevant today the way that Diana Ross was relevant exactly, at that time. Exactly. Correct. So, and it's no shade against Christina. It's just. It's just and, charts. And I it's think she's charts. a great singer. But Christina, at this point in time, is practically a legacy act. Right. Yeah. Christina's yeah. songs aren't being played on the radio. Right. Maybe they should, but they're not. Right? right. But again, that's why I said all these other people in the original "We Are the World" were twenty some thirty years into their career. And we're still rocking out those hits and like we're huge, massive successes. But I also think it, it, it also the music industry and even radio was so different at that point, right? Too. But, but I that's think that's why I say that, that's that, a big factor, right? Obviously, things yeah. have changed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things have changed. I mean, otherwise, we wouldn't be having this conversation, right, right, right? But that's why I say when I was watching, I'm like, could they do this now? Could they get a room with 45 people like? At the top of their game. That are recognizable that are to everyone. Recognizable to everybody that are still making hits, that are still relevant. You know, could they get 45 people that are now of a, of a different generation? Right. I don't think they can. Or I think it would be a lot more challenging. It's a lot more challenging also just because everything is so much more fragmented. And, and when, I was, when I was watching that, right. that it was 47 people, I was thinking... It was 47 people, and despite that, they left out this person, this person, this person. Oh, this yeah. Person, I heard person, that one, gente. Right? Yeah. Whereas now, I'll be like, I don't think you could fill up 20 of them. No. I mean, again, I, I'm sure if I, if you gave me a couple hours, I could probably come up with it, but it's not that long of a show. Um, but that's but, why I, I, say, but I think, yeah. Think, yeah. About, think about TRL, because TRL, we're talking about over 20 years at this right. point. Right. So technically, that's who we, we you could right. bring in Justin Timberlake. Right. You Justin, you could still squeeze that is sort of relevant. Yeah. You know, you can bring an Usher. Um, uh, very few. Uh, Usher would be a great one. Usher again, that's be- right. But even, but even, even still, are you going to bring? You know, as well, much as I love Usher, Usher's not played on the radio, right? Are, are you, I mean, he just died, but or but even if he would have, could he bring somebody like Smash Mouth that was very popular in in the TRL days? Uh, Lincoln. Well, no, I keep talking about people that have passed away. Yeah, um, give me people we can work with. <laughs> um, even Jennifer Lopez, like. Right. You would bring in Jennifer Lopez because of the star power, but not because of the music relevancy. Right, right. No, you're right. You're you're not wrong. I, I just I yeah, who would you even bring? Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think it's also showing a little bit of our age that we I can't think of a quote unquote new artist who I think would would be a good fit. And again, I don't know what the cutoff would be for the new artist portion of it, right? Like do you bring in Olivia Rodrigo? Or is it, you know, SZA? Is it, like, what is what is the cutoff? You know, is it Jelly Roll? I don't know. Mira, somebody that you could bring yeah. in, whether you like her or not, is somebody like a Miley Cyrus. Because Miley Cyrus is a good 15 years into her career. 
True. Right from when Hannah Montana came out or more and all that. And look, she just won a Grammy this week, whether you like her or not. I mean, she's sort of proven the test of time she to a really certain has. extent. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody like her, I mean, there, it does exist, but like you really have to think about it. Yeah, I think it requires more more thought. Because even if you were to include somebody like a Celine Dion, a Mariah Carey, you know, things like right, that. Right, right. I mean, I love them. I would love Mariah to be in that, but Mariah's already passed her prime. Yeah. Right? So... Yeah, you would be putting her in there because of a legendary status, but not because she's somebody that's right current. Right, that, that her stuff is getting played on the radio right now. That she's top. Yeah, it'd be 40. like including Dolly Parton, right? You know, and even somebody like The Weeknd that I love. The Weeknd's been around for less than ten years. You know, so I wouldn't even put him in that category as these legends. I mean, these people are already iconic. Yeah, but but The Weeknd, but the time. but The Weeknd could fall under the. I mean, because again, going back, you know, Springsteen and and, and Cindy Lauper at that point were quote unquote new. Right. Or newer, so I think you still have to have room for those newer acts that yeah. that yeah. show promise, right? You know, like like the weekend, right? Yeah, so I think that could work. Well, you know what? We oh, should we'll bring Alicia Keys as well. well uh, you know, just bring Alicia Keys into everything. <laughs> Alicia Keys should just show up at everything. With Britney Spears. How would, she, Br- how would she Britney sing that? children. <sighs> <laughs> I'd bring Dua Lipa in because I just because I, I just need Dua Lipa, Dua Lipa, Lipa yeah. and everything. I just want to watch Dua Lipa. You know what? I, I've I've said this before. I wonder if it's hard to be Dua Lipa to be Dua Lipa. That you wake up in the morning and go, I'm so fucking beautiful. Like I tell you, <laughs> Shima has to be a terrible person because it's not fair that somebody is so beautiful and talented and talented. Like it's not fair. She's not a good dancer. If that helps. You know what? I know that people have talked about her not being a good dancer, but I think she's worked on it. Oh, she's put in the work, but but it doesn't come naturally. The recent her recent her Grammy performance yeah, actually going back to the Grammys was great. Yeah, I mean it was really really good. I know I have heard that that she's not a great dancer. Yeah, I went to her concert. She's not she, she's not going to win Dancing with the Stars. Right. She gets the job more or less. Uh, done. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I'm like she must be a total bitch. <laughs> Because like that's the rumor fair. we're gonna start. It's not fair <laughs> that you know you're so talented and you're so freaking beautiful. And you know what I, you know what I find so attractive in her is that she doesn't even try. Like she just shows up. She just shows up. I'm Dua Lipa. <laughs> well, you know, listen. If you've seen her father, you know it's genetic. Listen, it goes back to what I tell you. She, her family's from Kosovo. That part. That of the part world? of the world. I don't know Hot what is people. I don't know what is in the water. <laughs> that part of the world in Australia. <laughs> What's in the water in that part of the world? But it's like, you know, I had heard the thing about her father. And then I looked him up and I go, oh. <laughs> but you didn't see him at the Grammys standing behind her? I, I didn't notice. No, but this was a while ago. Oh, okay. okay. I had heard her dad was like a silver fox yeah. or whatever. And I looked him up. I'm like, oh, that's not like a model or somebody. It's her dad. And he's probably younger than us. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's her dad. <laughs> like, It's like, hi. Like, this is my dad. He's like the Rindle stud. Yeah, this right. This is my dad. <laughs> But it's like, well, it explains it. It explains you. I get it. I totally get I'm it. I'm telling you, it's all these people, like the whole family is like gorgeous. It's like, but why? It's like, like I just want you to be either really awful or really stupid. It's like, did you have acne, Dua Like you have, Please tell me that you at least had acne like the rest of us. She had like one pimple once on like her elbow. Like, do you have like really unmanageable hair? Like, She has horrible halitosis. <laughs> Maybe she has, uh, what is it, cankles? Uh, she- <laughs> Because somebody, nobody could be that perfect. Yeah, we're gonna find Dua Lipa's flaw. Did you see her earlier, like last year, when she did that Versace collection? Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> like, oh, good lord! But like, it, it's not fair. It's just not fair. It's not. 
It's not. And it's know, not fair and to be so okay. beautiful like Dua Lipa. It's just not it's fair just not for fair. the rest of us. No. <laughs> so, but you know anyway. what? But, but at least she gives us something to look at. Yeah. That's, you know. That's Otherwise, she'll go Houdini. Exactly. I wonder how many kids. <laughs> have no idea what she's talking about. Oh, no. <laughs> that's like, have you seen the cover art for the single? <laughs> that she's against the mirror? No. There, well, there, I guess there's multiples. For the, the radio edit version, it's just a close-up of like a tongue with a key on it. Uh-huh. And I wonder how many people don't get the reference. The Houdini reference? Right. Yeah. 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 I wonder how many kids are like, Cashier, I go Houdini. It's and like, no like where's she going? What's Where's where Houdini? Is, <laughs> is that like a club? Yeah. <laughs> is that a club in Kosovo? <laughs> is that the latest trendy club that the kids go to? Houdini? It's where St- Stefan is telling Cl- people to club go. Houdini? Yes. Oh, Lord. So I actually wanted to bring something up. I wanted to ask you, because, uh, you know, every once in a while, we, we, we like to talk about legalese type things. Oh, and no, not the legalese. And, and who better who better than you to help mm-hmm. to help me understand things? So do you know who Gina Carano is? I do. Okay. So for our listeners, Gina Carano was on The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of years back, she was, for all intents and purposes, she was let go because she posted some things on Twitter. It, correct me if I'm wrong. It, they were like anti-trans, um, anti-LGBT. I mean, essentially just you know hyper hyper far right wing type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, she was subsequently fired from from Disney. Well, now she is suing Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, she's and I'm, I'm actually reading this. She's suing them for discrimination and wrongful termination in a lawsuit. Um, she's also asking them to recast her back. In the Mandalorian, so she basically wants her role back. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of all of this her is role that is pretty awesome. But the, the beauty of all of this, though, is that this entire lawsuit is being funded by you know the self-proclaimed champion of free speech, Elon Musk, mm-hmm. because he has said that um, I, I guess, and I guess they kind of choose what cases they're gonna they're gonna fund. Anybody who's who's incurred some type of repercussions um, for for statements made on X, you know, they're, they're willing to step up and help fund the legal defense and so on and so forth. I don't, I don't know what the process is to be selected for that. Obviously in this case, it's very high profile. So I'm sure that had something to do with it. Um, but their X's head of business said as a sign of X corps commitment to free speech, we're proud to provide financial support for Gina Carano's lawsuit, empowering her to seek vindication of her free speech rights on X and the ability to work without bullying, harassment or discrimination. So my question to you, Mm-hmm. Is I mean, there's several questions to be to, to be had here, but from a legal perspective, because mm-hmm. I know a lot of times when people trot out free speech, you know, free speech, free speech, free mm-hmm. speech, what, and we've said on this show many times, what people fail to realize is that the Constitution, what it protect, protects you, is retaliation from the mm-hmm. government. Mm-hmm. So, is this a case of Elon Musk blustering? Or is there something there based on based again? I know you don't know the exact details of the of, of the case. Okay. So as far as the wrongful termination um, part of it, that I don't know of because I really don't. I remember when all this was happening yes. with her, but I really don't remember or know on a factual basis the allegations in terms of the wrongful termination. So I don't know the timeline mm-hmm. as to. What it is she said, what did Disney say, then what did she say again, then what did Disney they, say? They asked her at one point basically to to issue a statement mm-hmm. saying that, you know, she was very sorry for what she posted. She said, I'm not doing that. They wanted her to meet with some LGBT okay. people in the company and she said no. So it sounds like they they, they tried to kind of like, look, do so this and it'll I, go I'm, away. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, let's first talk about that and then we'll talk about the free speech part Yes, of yes. So. 
I'm going to go ahead and assume, I could be wrong, this is an assumption, that anybody that works for anything one million miles near Disney or anything <laughs> having to do with Disney property or Disney IP has a morality clause on that contract that includes anything and everything. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that there was probably some type of con clause in her contract that Disney probably like, used. Like a morals clause? Against her in terms of curtailing her postings because this was on Instagram, right? No, this was on Twitter at the time. Um, now, now I want to bring something up. Um, she was, while she was allegedly fired for her cultural and religious beliefs, Carano argues the entertainment giant turned a blind eye to her male co-stars who allegedly made offensive and denigrating posts directed toward Republicans. And she po she points to Pedro Pascal's 2017 post comparing former President Trump to Hitler. <laughs> so she's also kind of saying like, look, if you're going to fire me for, for, you know, you're saying you're firing me for not complying, but these, you know, my, my co-stars making similar right. inflammatory statements. And you know what? That may be true. That may not be true. I don't know because mm -hmm. then we have to go back and, and build yeah, a yeah, timeline yeah. to that. I, you know, so you could make an argument as she is there in terms of the wrongful termination that similar behavior um, and similar posts have been done by other people that are associated with the production of The Mandalorian that didn't have any consequences or repercussions, whereas I had comparable behavior, and this is what the outcome was. Right. Hence the um, wrongful termination. Discrimination. Now, Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I will say this. That is not necessarily a defense in law. Because that's sort of saying when a cop stops you because you're speeding, saying, well, the that car over there was speeding. Why didn't you stop him? Okay. Right? So from a legal perspective, it's not really a, um, it's not really a defense to say, oh, well, these are the clauses. You're, you know, I suffered consequences because you're alleging that I violated them. But these other people also violated them and they didn't get anything done to them mm -hmm. right that's not a defense outlaw but couldn't it be a defense from a from a jury if it goes that far perspective to say you know if, no. it, it, let me let me finish if if they're saying you know she was let go for inflammatory statements could not at least maybe i don't know if it's a legal defense but just in terms of getting the jury to, to put in their mind can't they bring up like look you're saying inflammatory statements are are dis, are, are not allowed and yet here we have these other instances no no, because if you base it 
if you base a jury instructions on the charge at hand and at the the legality of it or whether it's a statute or a contract mm-hmm. if you base it on the elements of a breach of contract or okay. uh things like that you you don't base that and the jury instruction is not going to be well but other people no it's the facts in this case this person's alle- the allegations against this person are this the contract states this did she breach this yes or no okay so it's a not, con- it's a contract dispute essentially not did other people i mean again I- i'm alleging uh, right, we, right, we, right, we, right, we right. don't know here right we don't know here um, on the face of it, sorry. On the face of it, so uh, that one I, I can't. Uh, that one I will guess more on. But um, with the free speech one, um, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Pero Let Me Tell You's <laughs> refresher on free speech. This is the Learn Corner. I may have learned, may or may not have learned free speech during my stint in law school. Just they, co- they still cover that, really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Con law, we took several times. Um, con law is you take more in more than one semester. And, and con law being constitutional so, law. Constitutional law. Not, not laws about convicts. No. So again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the refresher course of Pero Let Me Tell You. Uh, First Amendment. Is it a First Amendment violation or not? That should be a game. Ooh. <laughs> so many people would fail. <laughs> again, things that I may or may not have learned in law school. Anyway, so let's... Go over this again. Freedom of speech refers to speech that you make, that you say, that you are constant, that is constitutionally protected. And because it is protected, you cannot have repercussions in terms of the government. So the government, the government cannot arrest you or sue you. Or anything like that because of your constitutionally protected speech there are exceptions to um free speech like hate speech right. so on and so forth yelling fire in a crowded theater that's the one everybody always goes well to. It's a little hangy you know there are exceptions but generally it is protected speech however and i will say this again free speech does not include making statements on social media at work on TV, in a podcast, which may involve consequences that may get you fired from your job or lose an endorsement. That is not constitutionally protected because your job and endorsement, Disney, is not the government. So thank you for coming to this refresher (laughs) course of Pero Let Me Tell You's 101s of Con Law. I, I I will say this. Um, I don't agree with with this woman's stance on these things. Clearly, but at the same time, you know, I I I will say this. Look, at the end of the day, if you're gonna be this bastion of you know of 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 free speech, I, I'm saying free speech, but I, I that's not really what I'm trying to say. Is you know, if you want to be this thing of like you know everybody's entitled to their opinion and da 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 da. You should not just fire somebody. I mean, again, there's probably more details than we know, but on the face of it, you know, she holds an opinion different than the company. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, we're talking about Disney, which is like, you know, the corporate overlords, right? But I you mean, know what? Disney's a galactic. It, it might as well be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moment. It was probably one of the galactics from Mother Love. Um, but, you know, just because you voice a differing opinion, I, I do not think you should necessarily lose your livelihood. I, I think, you know, you still got to work. You still have to pay your bills, you know? And at the end of the day, then when the shoe's on the other foot, 
right? Because if you're somebody who's a little more lefty and you're working for a Fox Corp type of thing, right? They fire you, you're the, you're going to raise holy hell as well. So I, I, I don't think on the face of it, that should be enough. Now, it sounds like Disney tried to kind of walk her through a couple of like, hey, Look, mea culpas. It, 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 but is it true that, and you know, this is, somebody, this is coming from somebody who identifies, you know, on the left as a liberal um, and always has. You know, is it, especially for a public, for, for a celebrity and a public figure like her, is there a certain stigma and is there a certain, if you want to call it burden, to being a conservative or a Republican or even liking Trump as a public figure and putting it on your social media? Do you probably get a harder time than if you were, it was the opposite? Probably. Yeah. Um, especially from the Hollywood of it all. Um Probably. I mean, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. You know, that's fair to say. Um, is that not to say that there have been celebrities and public figures that maybe have posted things that lean more to the right that have maybe unjustly gotten scrutinized, whereas the, the equivalent right. to people that swing to the left would have not gotten that scrutiny? Probably, you know, and we're not even talking about like radical things like January 6th or right, like right. that the election was stolen. I'm, we're talking about like major, con, you know, run of the mill conservative talking points, right? right. Probably, probably. Um, I think that, that that's fair to say. Um, but I, and again, I don't know exactly what she tweeted, but here's the problem to me. You know, maybe she has a valid claim against Disney. I don't know. I don't know the facts of her case. I don't even... I read sort of in a headline that she was doing that. I, I don't know the specifics of the case. You know, maybe she has a great case against Disney. But to me, her... And, and I realize that to go to, against the behemoth that Disney is, and it, it will include the GDP of a country. <laughs> um, so I think that probably had a lot to do it with it. But the moment that you involve Elon Musk in, right, in that right. realm, um, to me, unfortunately, now where Elon Musk is, he you lose credibility um, because to me, Elon Musk, Elon Musk went from being this sort of genius, badass person that so many people admired to now. I mean, and it's not even a whether you agree with his politics or not. It's just like, what the hell are you doing? He's just you know, a troll with a budget. What the hell are you doing, right? Um, because he's running Twitter to the ground, right? Yeah. Just from a business sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's running Twitter to the ground. And I find it fascinating that he's like being this proponent for free speech when it has been demonstrated in the last since he took over that there have been times where people's accounts who are anti whatever his stances are does the right. algorithm so you, you know you can't you're playing right. fast and loose and with free not speech to say on that prior, as well prior to him getting involved in twitter there weren't a lot of things wrong with twitter because there were yeah it's not um, him you know there, little, yeah. there was a lot of unru you know uh misreporting and things that weren't yeah. being uh reported by twitter in terms of political standpoints especially uh conservative ones so twitter was no angel even before yeah. he got involved yeah, yeah, yeah. um but but um to me, right now, he's sort of like a shock and awe person that yeah. he just does things for shock value and to kind of make headlines. So I I don't see him anymore as somebody that has a valid or even intellectual concern. I just see him as somebody who is there to shock people and shake things up. He's clickbait. Um, he's clickbait. And to me, the moment that you have Elon Musk and something like this, to me, you lose credibility. And um, it becomes all of a sudden political. 
Because this was already political to us. Because of the basis of what she said, right? right. Yeah. But now with him, it becomes even more political. And it becomes even like 10 degrees worse than it was before. So, I mean, again, I realize that she needs all the money she can to go against Disney. Yeah. But, I mean, those are going to be interesting legal fees. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, maybe she could go to Morgan and Morgan and they could do it for pro bono. (laughs) That Morgan and Morgan could be like, we are the nation's largest law firm and we sued the Mandalorian and won. Mando has nothing on us. No. No no Baby Yoda here. (laughs) Not Baby Yoda. Grogu. 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 Oh, don't God, Baby Yoda. So, um... Oh yeah, do you know what I'm like super excited about? This uh, is totally, aside from Usher. This is totally up my wheelhouse. Okay. But for many of you out there, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, I'm like an olympophile. I'm gonna I'm gonna prove the word. word. I'm making an a olympophile. One. Yes. So I'm sort of obsessed with the Olympics. Yes. I think they um, I think they caught that when we interviewed Danel. Yes. Yes. But you know, we interviewed Danel a, a few, few years ago, so maybe we have new listeners. That, That's true. Um, came later. But I'm a huge Olympics fan. I have since I was a little kid. I collect Olympic memorabilia, books. Um, I have a friend of mine that, because of his work, travels to the Olympics every other year. Which I don't think he's traveling this year. (laughs) I I, I feel like you need the months to... He brings me bags, literally (laughs) bags of memorabilia, mascots, and things like that. So I'm an Olympic... I'm an Olympophile. Olympophile, yeah. So this year, it's the 2024 Olympics in Paris. And um, I'm really excited about that. So they released what they showed this week. What are the um, medals going to look like? They're different. They're well. Each Olympic Games has its own medal design, right? Right. So the only continuation is that um, the back of it has also oh, funny story about the Olympic medals. So with the, when the Olympics were, this is another learn part part of so the, much learning uh, in this episode of the. Uh, episode so in 2004 when the olympics were in athens Mm -hmm. since that's the birthplace of the olympics it was sort of seen like a coming home celebration okay um so there were a lot of um traditions that they sort of brought back again because athens and olympia were um so olympia was the site of the ancient olympic games uh but athens was the site of the first modern olympic games in 1896 Mm -hmm. so when they came back to athens in 2004 it was sort of like a welcoming home so what athens did was that the usually the olympic medal on one face has a design that is of the current Olympic Games. Okay. And then on the other face, they it now has a, an image of the goddess Nike. Oh, okay. Right? This has been going on since the 2004 Olympics in Athens. They were the ones who now instilled that new permanent design of mm-hmm. the goddess Nike. Because prior to that, <laughs> the image on the Olympic medal that was the permanent image that every single Olympic Games had was of a... Um, Roman goddess in front of the Colosseum. <laughs> so they got it totally wrong. So this they didn't run this by anybody? They did never run the so all the Olympics of like well a hundred ninety two thousand four ninety-six. So for a hundred and eight years, all the Olympic medals on one side had a Roman god That's with great. the Colosseum. 
not a Greek one. So Athens in wow. 2004 fixed that. But anyway, so each Olympics, so in the back, it will have the Nike image, but in the front, it'll have a current image of the current Olympic okay. Games. And for the 2024 Olympic Games in Paris, the part of the medal that has, um, you know, um, a design that is of the current Olympics will have a piece of the medal of the Eiffel Tower. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really interesting. Oh, that's and, so cool. Um, and um, the they got this iron from the Eiffel Tower from a, a, a remodel that they did okay. of the Eiffel Tower some years ago. They obviously kept that scrap metal. So As one does. That's the scrap. <laughs> well, it's the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. You're keep scrap metal. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be of the Eiffel yeah. Tower. Uh, the Tuifel. Um, do you know what year the Eiffel Tower opened? No. 1889. That's a long time ago. So I'm gonna and I'm gonna give a little bit of Eiffel Tower history in a oh, moment. Mon so Dieu. they're gonna get um they're gonna get the pieces of that scrap That's metal really cool. of the Eiffel Tower to put on the original metal. So do you know the purpose of the Eiffel Tower? Not how even came, a little how bit. How it came and all that? No. So the Eiffel Tower um, was designed by Gustave Eiffel. Okay. And it was for the World's Fair in Paris. Oh, we okay. Um, World's Fair gave us so many cool things. It, it did. It really yeah. did. Some of the most important monuments in like humanity yeah. have been because of World's Fairs. So um, it was for the World Fair in Paris in 1889, mm -hmm. um, and um, it was actually supposed to be a um, a temporary structure. It was never designed to be um, permanent. Permanent, and in fact, when it premiered during the 1899 World's Fair in Paris. The Parisians and the world hated it. <laughs> they, they did. They thought it was really ugly. They thought it was an eyesore to the to the skyline because actually Paris, till this day, um, being such a huge city, has mm -hmm. a very small skyline. Paris has very strict ordinance on skyscrapers not being built. If you look at the skyline of Paris. Um, it's very mid-level buildings, mid-rise buildings. There's only a very small part of Paris of, in the central business district that has okay. higher uh, buildings. And they're not even huge skyscrapers. They're very it's strict. Just taller. That. So that's why the Eiffel Tower dwarfs everything around it. So the Eiffel Tower was supposed to be um, temporary and they hated it. So fast forward. So they kind of kept it there and it was supposed to be demolished and it never was. Um, so... Fast forward to, I believe it was World War One, um, that they used it as radio signals. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. So then after that, that they found some functionality um, to the Eiffel Tower, mm -hmm. they sort of kept it for a few more years. Okay, because so they didn't know what to do with it. They kind of didn't know what to do with it, and the demolishing will cost millions and millions right. of dollars so then it just stayed there it was actually in disrepair for quite some time and it just stayed there for a few decades and then eventually people grew to love it it became an icon and now the world's most famous structure so that's the story of the eiffel tower that is wonderful mm -hmm. that's it nobody wanted the eiffel tower nobody wanted it we oui. yeah mon dieu now do you know some some other very important fixtures of the world's fair um. Okay. So it's, you lived by one. I was gonna say there's the ones in in Corona Corona Park, the Unisphere. Uh huh. The, from the 1964 World's Fair. Then there's. Do you know what else came out of the 1964 World's Fair? 
I'm gonna say I don't know if I'm right, but I think I am. Is it the the the, the Carousel of Progress? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. Um, and then there was the Ferris wheel in the Chicago World's Fair, the World, the Columbian Exposition of 1893, right? And that's where my knowledge. Okay, ends. so the 1893 Columbian Exposition is one of the most important and iconic World's Fair ever. Um, so it was in 1893, and it was to commemorate. In 1893, the 1492, <laughs> um, good lord, the 400 years of Columbus, and um, they That's did right. it a year later, but they did it in Chicago, and it was this massive, massive yeah. uh, undertaking. Actually, the 1893 World's Fair is my favorite World's Fair. Um, so, World's Fairs are also things that I collect a lot of books on, and um, in that World's Fair, it was the first World's Fair to have electricity. This is the one from Devil in the White City. Yes. Okay, yes. I love that you know it because of a book. Um, okay. You know it, but you okay, know it. But it is a historical fiction. So it is It is actually yeah. it is historical yeah. fiction because there was that those murders did <laughs> oh, happen. Oh, they did happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it was the first one, um, World's Fair to have electricity. As you said, the Ferris wheel. Debuted its debut was at the fair, right. and what was really interesting about the Ferris wheel and the man who designed it was last name Ferris, Ferris. Um, is that that Ferris wheel after the World's Fair sat abandoned uh, because there was no interest in it. So I'm seeing a pattern with World's Fair. So and then in the Columbian Exposition of in Chicago in 1893, the area that connected the main part of the fair. To where the Ferris wheel was that had all the ex- smaller exhibits and sideshows was called the Midway. And hence, it was Midway, hence the Midway, the Midway at the fairs. Yeah, really interesting. Do you know another fun fact about a World's Fair? No, I'm pretty much tapped out. <laughs> so, 1904 St. Louis World's Fair. Okay. We had a guy who was selling ice cream. We had a guy who was selling Belgium waffles. Yes, that's the guy of the yes. ice cream runs out of cups. He tells his friend next door who is selling the give waffles. Give me some of those waffles. Hey, can you give me some of those waffles to put the ice cream in? And he sort of made it into a cone, and hence the ice cream, ice cone, cream was, cone yeah. was, uh, came out of the World's Fair. Those are your World's Fair facts. Yes. <laughs> so much learning happening in this can, episode today. I can actually go on. I could geek out oh, about Oh, no, no, World's no. It could, you could do a mini series, I'm sure. Uh, we could have like a whole like special section. Uh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Fairs. World's Fair tidbits. No, seriously. But th- what people have to understand about World's Fairs is that, you know, this was before, obviously, before the internet. Right. This was before, not before television, because when the 64 World's Fair TV already existed. But. You know, the World's Fair used to have a huge significance yeah. because it was these events that were held, you know, every four years about that that is where different countries used to get together in their different pavilions. Mm-hmm. They would pick a site, a different country in the world, and then all these countries will get together and show off technology and show off the latest and greatest things that their con- their country had to offer. Like, mm-hmm. for example... In the Columbian Exposition in 1893 in Chicago, one of the things that was also very important is that that's where sort of more modern day architecture came out in terms of houses being wider. Oh. Not like um, row houses. Row houses, yeah. And, you know, these World's Fairs had a huge, huge influence on on the way we lived our life. Well, I mean, think about how... how far away everything was. I mean, I, I know that sounds stupid to say. Like, of course, countries are far away, but just... You know the means of communication. I mean, what was the, the letters? So if people are telegrams, curi- if people are curious about this, I invite you to go to YouTube and look up. There's a lot of uh, 
of um, content about World's Fairs mm-hmm. is that um, there is this in 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 New York in the same spot where the 1964 World's mm-hmm. Fair was a Corona one in uh, Corona yes. Park. Um, the 1939 World's Fair was held there as well. Oh, and um, if you if you show if I show you an image of it, you'll know what it is. It's like a a spear. Mm-hmm. And like a, a tower next to the, it. The thing from Men in Black. No, the thing from Men in Black is from the 64. It's a 64. Okay, okay. This is a 39. So there is actually a promotional video for the 1939 World's Fair where an American family goes to visit the World Fair. And it the, the video starts with them at home. And this is from 1939. This was like, this was probably running in theaters. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, a promotional yeah. spot, yeah. like a little movie. Yeah, yeah, and they go to the world's like fair, the newsreels, and there's a general. I think it was General Electric, or was a Westinghouse robot at the world's fair, and the robot talks to the kid. And you know, you look at it, and you're like, "That was from 1939, right? Like, that's a big deal." And there's a lot of content on it, but it's just it's really, really interesting. Um, the history of world's fairs. So, I'm really excited about that. Still exists. The World Fair still exists. Really? Yeah. I mean, obviously not in, in the fact, same. In uh, fact, in 2023 or 2022, it was in Dubai. But it's not at the same level as yeah, it used to be. It's not the same level because right. now it's sort of like, oh, look at this phone has AI. It's not, you know, technology <laughs> right now in, in a lot of aspects, there's a certain redundancy of it insofar that like it's building upon infrastructure that's already there. Okay. Like making it like think of your cell phone, right? Right, right. Your cell phone now is it's a computer. Well, it's a computer, but it's you know that what is it? iPhone fifteen. Yeah. Built on the iTunes, uh, iPhone fourteen. Uh, right. Which built on the thirteen. Right, which right, built right. on the. Th- so it's not uh, we. It's more of an up. To, it's more of an of an evolution than a revolution. I like that. Right. Um, a lot of technology is today. Although you can make the argument that AI is now. There's an AI revolution. Right, but for a while now, it's been more of an evolution. Like, think about a flat screen TV. You know, yeah, it's like okay, now vamos put 8K. See, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, yeah. a few we're, we're, years ago it was 4K. Before yeah. that, it was 1080P. You know, yeah. before that, it was 720P. Yeah. Like, we're at the point that human eye doesn't even register it anymore. <laughs> right, it's like it doesn't really matter. Like, my eye can't read it. It doesn't matter. We're good. <laughs> Thanks. So, there's actually one last thing before we get to our last soda that I wanted to um, bring up. Yeah. Because I think it's something that you and I have very different opinions on. Oh. Because we sort of have talked about something similar before. But okay. there is an airline company in Europe. I think it's called Finnair. Oh, I think, um, I, I, think I heard about this. So I'm going to go ahead and guess it's Finnish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that they are going to have a pilot program, no pun intended, this year. Or they already started it maybe. Where they're going to charge, start charging people based by weight. I'm not sure if they're going to start charging people based by weight or if you weigh a certain amount of, if, if you weigh over a certain amount of time, they're going to uh, wait, they're going to start charging you an overage fee. Okay. <laughs> right? So I have my opinions about that. I think it's awful, absolutely awful. Um, to me, that goes in line with. You know, American Airlines. Um, when I mean American Airlines, I don't mean American Airlines. Yeah, I mean airlines, airlines in America, in America the yes, United States. Yes. That some of them make you buy two seats if you're of a certain size. So I think that's awful. Um, what is your take on that? So 
I think there's two things to address here, which is number one, I don't know how they are. They're going to sway people. How they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but I'm saying like I don't know. I, I don't know the logistics of how this is going to be executed. I think is is what I'm saying. So like to your point, is it if you weigh between X and X, you're fine. If you weigh between this much more to this much more, it's ten dollars more. After that, it's fifty. Like I I don't know there's the a tier system. Right? To yeah, exactly. Be like every pound counts. I don't right. know. Right? If you're ten to fifteen, it's twenty dollars right. more. I mean, if you're sixteen through forty, it's you know. como el gusano pagua. Um, you know, there's a certain certain weight limit. I, I that one. See, see, here's the thing. I I know that you disagree with the one in here in the U.S. I agree that if you are if you cannot fit into one chair, you need to buy more than one. Okay. Sorry, because you know what? Like, I mean, look, I'm not. It's not even about fat shaming. It's just about physically. You don't fit in that chair, and then we have to account for the other people. Mm-hmm. Right, so I'm sorry. You just, you know, you you're gonna have to pay. I'm sorry. You just are. This situation to me seems a little bit more fat shaming than the other one, mm-hmm. because the current system here in the U.S. at the very least, it's more of a, in theory, you can do it before you board the plane. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like from the comfort of your home, you book your two seats and you do, you know what I mean? Like you, you kind of, you can navigate it. Whereas this seems to me like once you arrive at the airport is when they're going to be like, all right, fatty, get on the scale. Let's right, but, see. But, but in the, in the other option, it's, that's also the case as well. Okay. See, I, I, because I, what happens with here in the U S is that many people get to the airport and they're told them you need two seats. So, you know, at that point in time, if they make you buy a second seat, you know, maybe you don't have the money to buy a second seat. You know, maybe you're going for an emergency because you lost a loved one or somebody okay. has a medical emergency or Fair something. Fair enough. But they, you, okay. But we, you and I have talked about this many times. We barely fit in those seats. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you are somebody who is very, 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 very Zoftig, okay, you know, you're not going to fit in that seat. Like I'm, I, I'm sorry. You're, you just, you know, you're right. Not. But, but you know what? Though? You know, you're not. I, I think, okay. it, I think it's a, it's a terrible business model and it's just, it's a terrible business model. And I think it's unethical and incorrect because look, whatever, this is not the point of the argument and we, we could of the conversation <laughs> and we could have this part of the conversation at another time. But the reality is that most Americans are overweight. Yeah. It's just, it's a reality. We, we, are, we are. It's a reality. Yeah. We are not the size of Europeans. No. At right. All. Um, Probably not the size most of Finnish people. people are overweight here in the United States. And again, we could have a conversation at another time as to why that is. But the point is that it is. So you cannot, I think, from an ethical standpoint, especially um, from a business point, I guess, you know, it's a capitalist society, so you could do whatever you want. But from an ethical standpoint, I don't think it's right to tell somebody, oh, well, because you are overweight or you're wider than other people, you need a second seat. If that is the case and you should have seats in your plane in the back or wherever you want to put them that are are wider and these seats can be used in the – I mean, they could be used generally – Right, but they can also be used in the event that you have somebody who's larger who just doesn't fit in a regular seat, and that's fine. That's and, fine and because because again, you know, if nobody in a flight meets that description, then sell that that seat to somebody else, and hey, they get a little bit more room, right? right. But have certain seats laid out to accommodate people that may need more room and can't pay for first class and can't pay for that because I think it's awful for you to get to the airport. And I'm not even talking about going on vacation or something, but you get to the airport because you need to travel because you're having an emergency and to be told, oh, we're sorry, you fit, you don't fit in the seat. 
again, I you we, know you can't get on the plane. We can have the conversation because you know what? At the end of the day, like I said, we're not talking about people like like yo voy apretado in in the airplane. We're not talking. And I, look, I could stand to lose a couple pounds. We're talking about people who are significantly overweight, and it's like you know you're not going to fit in, in in that chair. So you're also waiting to the last minute to put yourself in in in, in that position. But in terms of thin air. <laughs> Back to Finair. Finair. Back to Finair. 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 It sounds better that way. Finair. 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 What are you flying? Fin-air. I'm flying Finair. Finair. I. That one seems a little weird to me because again, now you're making people get on a scale. I mean, if they go by BMI metrics, we're all screwed. Oh, fucking. <laughs> You know what? Let's a let's start there. Let's abolish the BMI index because according to that, I should weigh 110 pounds. According to I've that, been obese I sh- since I was like I should weigh 13. 170. If I weigh 170, I would be like you would look like the ring light we're using right now. I will. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you would look just like the ring light. Yeah. Yeah. See, the thinnest I've been in my adult life, I was well into the 200s. You estaba flaco. I was like a size 33. You know. Right. You estaba flaco, and I was like at two. 40. <laughs> like, yeah, again, you know? because it, it, the BMI index has to be abolished. Like, you know, abolish, I, BMI. abolish the BMI abolish index. BMI. You know what? Let, let, let's do the change.org uh, petition for that. But yeah, I don't know. This Finair thing, I think what, what makes me feel bad, what makes me with it is the whole element of like, we're going to, it, it, we're going to weigh you before you get on the plane. Can you imagine? Like, that's the part that seems a little. Putting in that policy and like doing a reality show. You know how they had airline yes. here on A&E? Can we do that? I love. Do you know I love that show airline on A&E? They haven't yeah, had that. No, forever. it's been canceled forever. Yeah. But I watch it on. I still watch it on YouTube. I still watch it on YouTube. It was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Who are we? Oh, uh, yeah. This past weekend yeah, we were yeah. with with a friend uh, of yours, and she was telling us how she worked for a huge carrier yeah. in the Guardia. She was telling us how horrible people are, and I'm like, listen. I think that working nowadays in an especially airline, now. especially, you know, in person, like at yes, the airport, yes. I think that you need to go through like a special physical combat training. Like, you know how people, when they join the military, they have to go through that? They should be the, the National Reserve. Yes. I think you need yeah. to go to like special combat training. And then when you finish that combat training, I think you need to go to some type of retreat so you can... <laughs> Collect meditate, yourself collect, yes. and, and how to teach you breathing techniques and de-escalation <laughs> techniques. You should be sent to the same school training center that people that are hostage negotiators oh, go to. Okay, how okay. to de-escalate any situation. Yes. I really think that, yeah, that when you work for an airline, especially at the airport, you need to have de-escalation training just like experts do with hostage negotiators because you, when people are at airports and they're ready to rip your head off, yeah, yeah, you need a lot of training and a lot of a lot of things that most people don't have in order not to commit yeah. a felony at that point. It's, because, it's a special skill set. Yeah. For sure. I've always thought that the worst, one of the worst jobs somebody can have is working at the lost luggage call center of an airline. Because I think that when people, their luggage gets lost, they're ready to murder you. Like yeah. they're ready to murder you. There's nothing you could say or do. And mind you, I've been, have you ever been in that situation? Yeah. 
I've had my lo- luggage yeah. lost. I've gotten my luggage like the next day. Right, I got right, it the next yeah. day. It's an inconvenience. It sucks. It sucks. But, yeah. Well, what are you going to do at that point? I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to trail. I'm not going to like, you know, the the train, you know, because usually it's a case where your your luggage got lost in a layover. Yeah, that's right? usually so it. So yeah. it's like, what? Are you going to transport yourself to Amsterdam and bring my luggage? <laughs> no, and it's not the fault of the person behind the counter. Right. So I, you know, God bless anybody that yeah. works in the counter of an airline at an airport because I. They're doing God's work. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing God's work yeah. because it's I, I, I how like you're dealing with like such unreasonable people now. And look, I know that flying is super stressful and I know that it's it's gotten worse throughout the years and, and delayed flights, canceled flights. We all need to get to where we're going. I get it. I get it. It's super stressful. But, still. but at the end of the day, it's not the person's fault on the other side of the counter and your tantrum and your yelling is not necessarily going to fix that situation. Yeah, you're not making it better. Yeah. Bueno, we're officially at that point where many of us have broken that resolution about eating better. Oye, no es fácil, mi gente. But you know what does make it easy to be healthier? Um, dairy, yeah, los productos lácteos. De leche, a queso, even yogurt. Your favorite dairy products have calcium, protein, zinc, and riboflavin, which helps your body use carbs, fats, and protein for fuel. Plus, who doesn't love saying riboflavin? <laughs> Incorporating dairy into your diet is so easy, you can do it year-round, not just for the new year. To learn more about all dairy's many health benefits, Benefits, just visit floridamilk.com or lechedeflorida.com today. Okay, one more time. Riboflavin. <laughs> so not even a little bit. Oh no, all this fin air talk has made me oh. very thirsty. <laughs> fin air. Fin air. Fin air. We're thirsty after fin air. <laughs> <laughs> right, do you want to go first? I'll or? go first. Right, so right. welcome to our last soda section today. We never welcome our listeners to the last soda section. So welcome to the last soda section of Pero Let Me Tell You. Yes. So I'm giving my last soda today to Sofia Vegara. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. She's, we've, we've been talking about her since we came back. So Sofia Vegara, this week, I don't know, it premiered Architectural Digest. Oh, the I so love, they did I a whole they did a whole video of her um, showing her house in L.A. Her house is stunning. It is. It's actually one of my favorite. Have you seen it? No, no. It's one of my favorite celebrity houses that I've seen. It's just beautiful. It's tastefully done. It's wonderful. It's this beautiful mansion in in Hollywood. And I was thinking, like, man. She has come far yeah. from the Fuera de Serie days. Con Fernando Fiore yeah. on Univision. Like, and you know, she's one of these people that, sort of how we say with the Estefans, that they feel so familiar to us, that they feel like family. Mm-hmm. I feel that Sofia Vegara for Latin people, we've known her since she was in her 20s. And, yeah, you shit, know, she right. started off, again, as like the hot girl in this travel yeah. show. That you know that show a lot of people watch that show, but that wasn't a serious show. That, <coughs> excuse me, she was she, a hostess. She was a hostess. She wasn't taken seriously either. Right. You know, she was the hot girl. You know, yeah. the hot blonde the window dressing. girl. Yeah. You know, and from where she started to where she is, I mean that that is a huge, yeah. like huge trajectory. 
you know, because she's everybody in the United States knows her. You know, she's been extremely successful. When she was on Modern Family, she was one of the highest paid actresses. You know, she has a huge accent. You know, she's very much Colombiana and, you know, unapologetically Latina. And it's front and center in everything that she does. And look at where she's at. So I don't know. When I was just seeing her there, you know, you, you maybe you're a fan of hers. Maybe you're not. Maybe you don't think she's funny. You know, maybe you do. I think she's hilarious. Yeah. I think she is just naturally funny. Um, she doesn't have to try. Like, she's no. just naturally funny. Um, but I, I was like, wow, like, what a trajectory. What a what a journey, yeah. you know, from where you are to here you are on freaking Architectural Digest showing your freaking Hollywood mansion. Yeah. It's like, you know, so... Here's a soda for you, Sophia, to drink in your beautiful patio <laughs> overlooking your beautiful pool with a pool house with hills that have a nature scene similar to those in Colombia. You know, that's what I would do too. As one does. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's it, She's she's the epitome of, you know what, if, you, if you've got focus and you've got drive, yeah. I, I think you... There's luck in there as well, obviously. But I think somebody who's as determined as, as she evidently was to make it quote unquote whatever that means to anybody that the hustle is real you know yeah all right well speaking of hustle my last soda is going to be a gasless soda oh no but it's we haven't have we had one this year i don't think so no 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 so it's a gasless soda in the form of a psa oh okay all right so speaking of hustles as y'all know we have our side hustle me bumpoyo I'm going to give a PSA to everyone out there. When you go to a small business, be they at a brick and mortar, at a pop-up, at a festival, if you walk up and you don't like their prices, just keep walking. If you walk up and you don't like their prices, don't ask if there's a discount because you are some type of you know vendor or because you just feel like you should ask for a discount. It's the epitome of fucking disrespectful. If you don't like somebody's price, keep going because you don't walk into BK and be like, I, that Whopper's too expensive. Can I just get it for less? I, can't you just give me a 10% discount apropos of nothing? Like, I'm sick of it. I'm done. I'm sick of it. And I'm putting it out there. Next person who comes and says something to me about our prices or asks for a discount, I'm going to tell you where to go and how to get there. All right. So that is my gasless soda in the form of a PSA. I'm I'm done. Well, people, you heard it here. Um, <laughs> for our Ping Pong Pollo loyal customers, <laughs> if you follow us on Ping Pong Pollo and you follow us in front of us, you still get the well. Yeah, most of listen, off. listen for the for the loyal customers. Chances are a bunch of you are already getting some type of discount. But why? Because I want to give you a discount. Customer. You're a, you loyal have a loyalty customer. program, right? That's the loyalty program. All right, that's the loyalty program. I'm giving it to you. But you know what? I'm just I'm done. I'm over. But it. you know what? I'm though? over it because you know a, what? we're a small business. To, to go with what okay? you're saying, and and people, no. you know, with or, with our. So you know, for those of you who don't know, it's been, um, it's been festering and know, pissing me off um, for the last couple of weeks. In addition to Pero, let me tell you, Ish and I have a side business where we sell chicken wings, and we have pop ups all throughout South Florida. Um, we've been doing this for over two years now, yeah. and we're very very lucky. It's gone very. 
very well. Um, we pop up all over town. We've been in very prestigious food festivals. Actually, we're yeah. going to be at the South Beach Food and Wine Festival. And to be fair, most of, of mo- most of y'all are great, right? Mo- so so yeah. we, we've we've done very well. But we are a small business, and you know, food costs are really really high. Yeah. As you say jokingly, we got into the chicken wing business when there was a chicken wing shortage. Yeah. Right. And on the most part, as you say, yeah. on the most part. You know, people that enjoy our food and know we're a small business are more than happy to support us, to even give us tips. Yeah. We don't ask for tips, and a lot of people give us tips, yeah. and they're more than happy to. We've, we, we've been very fortunate that yeah. we've gathered a, a pretty large following. We have a very loyal following. Loyal following that go to our pop-ups. I mean, we had a guy last week, we had a pop-up on Friday oh, right. here in Miami and then the following day we had a pop-up in Broward a whole hour away and he went to that pop-up too and I yeah. was like you're the first Bing Bang Pollo um, customer to have wings simultaneously like the same weekend right. you know in different counties yeah. right and that's amazing but then again Every now and then, we'll get that person. Yeah. It's like, oh, your wings are really expensive. Can you give us a, a discount? And again, going to what you say, you don't go to Publix and tell mm-hmm. the manager, right. oye, el pollo está carísimo, porque tú no me das un descuento en el pollo. Oye, que right. cara está la carne, you know? You know, look at butter, how much... Right. Right, so it, it, it's very entitled, conceited, y fucking equivocado right. to go to a small business and be like, oh, yeah, this is really expensive. Can you give it to me cheaper? <laughs> Right. Like, I right. would never. Because you're in a parking lot. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, again, it, it's a little bit of the whole, like, you know, Lady Gaga, Madonna thing where it's like you can walk into a room and of 100 people and 99 of them are great, but it's the one that pisses you off that you that you remember. So, yeah, that's kind of where I, I've, it's been festering in my head for a couple of weeks now. So that's your PSA? Yes, that is my PSA. Mm. We've never had a gasless PSA before. No, we have not. And this is the first. It's a new year. It's a new year. Yeah. And ultimately, ultimately, what it comes down to is just respect small businesses. You know, respect small businesses. They are not just hustling. In many cases, these are small businesses that are actually making a living off of their small business. And, you know, you just need to respect that element of it. And if you don't like it, that's fine. But just keep going. Right. Moving right along. Yes. Feeling fancy free. (laughs) Fun and fancy free. There we go. Part of the Disney Masterpiece Collection. Nobody ever talks about that movie. That's right. Yeah. Fun and fancy free. Imagine if like you come up to somebody like, oh, I'm a huge Disney fan. I love Disney movies. What are your favorite movies? My favorite movies are Fun and Fancy Free. The Black Cauldron. The Black Cauldron (laughs) and The Three Caballeros. Uh Those are my three favorite (laughs) Disney movies. I'll probably love that person. You know what? I'd be down. I'll be like, you're not basic at all. At all. (laughs) At all. You and I are going to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you love the Black Cauldron. Listeners, have you ever seen the Black Cauldron by Disney? Yo. That's that's a movie. I'm like, but who approved this? (laughs) It's like this really, the Black Cauldron was in the 70s. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was that there was. An, I think people really forget that there was a time in Disney movies, like the seventies and eighties, yeah. that well prior to the Disney yeah. Renaissance, early eighties, um, that the Disney movies did not do well. Like no, the animated movies did not. The, the Rescuers, although I like the Rescuers, but it didn't really. And the Rescuers down under didn't do well. No. Um, the Great Mouse Detective, Oliver yeah. and Company, The Fox and the Hound, Fox and the Hound, um, and, and not that they're bad. No, movies. they just didn't do they well. They just didn't do well. So those are some movies that a lot of times people forget about, the, like the Aristocats. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I've never seen never seen the Aristocats. You've never seen the Aristocats? No, but no, it's no. Zsa Zsa Gabor. I know. You would think. You would think. <laughs> you would think. You know, Zsa Zsa Gabor is a cat. <laughs> I mean, what more do I need? As a pussy cat. As a pussy cat, <laughs> darling. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, honestly, it's tailor made for me. If you really stop and think about yeah, it, my favorite Disney movies are The Rescuers, The Black Cauldron, and Fun and Fancy Free. And fun and Fancy Free, you know the classics. The class- Isn't that your favorite Disney? You know those, those beloved classics. You know, you know what's so funny? Like Disney would never do that, but they should build like a whole part of their theme park of forgotten Disney, like B list, B list alley, <laughs> B list alley. <laughs> and it's just like literally just an alley with all of these muñecos of all these non like lesser known. Yeah, you know which one I sort of love, but yeah, it's in that list is Oliver and Company. I love that movie. <laughs> Oliver and Company was like I think the last movie before the Little Mermaid. I think so. I think it was like like cusp of yeah. Disney Renaissance. Yeah. It's like it was almost there. I remember the finger puppets from McDonald's Happy Meal toys. <laughs> it was almost there. Oliver and Company had <laughs> <Hey>, Billy Joel. <laughs> Not even Billy Joel could no, save that No, not one. even Billy Joel and Bette Midler could save that one. But yeah, the Black Cauldron. I remember when I saw that, I was like, man, what Disney Corporation thought that this was a good idea for a children's movie? Okay, that movie's dark as shit. It's like watching Game of Thrones. It's oh, like... Yeah. <laughs> Cuño, I would have gotten that comparison. But I, no, you're not wrong. I just, it's like I, the Game of Thrones equivalent to a Disney yes, movie. Yes, yes, like, yes. Ga- Game of Thrones light. <laughs> the Sword in the Stone is also in there. And oh, those are yeah. Cute. That's a those fun one. Cute. Because I feel they that used to play that one a lot on thirty three. I feel that uh, which one was it? Um, Sleeping Beauties from the fifties. Si. All the princesses were like 50s, 60s. Yeah, Ar- Ar- that's Aurora. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. By the time Sleeping Beauty came out in the fifties, like it sort of died down in the sixties. I'm trying to think what because Sleeping no no Cinderella was in the fifties. In the early 50s. Okay. And I think Sleeping Beauty was either in the late 50s or early 60s. But I think that, yeah, Sleeping Beauty was one of the last ones. She was the last one. I think after her was like the Jungle Book. Right. Like that was like the last one of those, like that first sort of couple of decades of, yeah, that wave that lasted like three decades of like. The fairy tales. The fairy tales. Yeah. And then it sort of went dark for about 30 years. (laughs) And then, you know, Little Mermaid came around and changed everything. And, you know, and that's okay. As Ariel does. As Ariel changes everything. <laughs> Everyone, everybody, Eagle. Uh, tune in next week when we're going to have part two of uh, Fun at World Fairs. Oh. <laughs> World Fair a go-go. <laughs> I mean, listen. We could have a side uh, podcast on World's Fair and Fun with Flags. I mean, I'm down for it. I mean, listen. Listeners, if you want it, he'll do it. And then, you know, we'll have another one on Ocean Liners. And that will never end. <laughs> no, the one that will be eternal is the Olympics one. I mean, I can name every Olympic Games. Okay, no. We've done this before. We're at the end of the show. <laughs> I mean, we could have like a, a, a side. We could have a <laughs> oh, World Fair Mondays. Okay. Oh, so this is, this o- is every day of the week. Tuesdays. Okay, okay. Ballpark Friday. No, but no, no because no. Friday we drop our regular episode. That's right. That's Ballpark right. Thursdays. Okay, Thursdays. Okay. What's on Wednesday? Wednesdays is our hangiando. Hangiando. Okay. Right? All right. All right. I, I mean, listen. That's true. With Ballpark Thursdays, I mean. Well, Ballpark Thursdays, there's only so many. I mean, that could be a special series of Pero uh, right. Let me tell you, there's only 30 of them. That's what I'm saying. Like, right, but we could also go to uh, already like gone ballparks. Oh. That okay. could be season two. That's <laughs> And then season three is arenas. <laughs> Do you know where the name arena comes from? Um, I believe, well, it's like Roman or Greek, right? Very close. So um, in ancient Rome, uh-huh. when you would go to the Colosseum, or, I mean, there were several Colosseums built right, right, in, right. in the Roman Empire, but... Um, is it because there was sand? There was sand, right. arena. Right. It was sand. And do you know why there was sand? 
to clean up the blood. To clean up the blood. Yeah. So from the arena came the word arena. Right. So more than as, o- as always, siempre, uh, siempre robando la, las palabras latinas. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of learning in this So much episode. learning. So everybody, this we episode hope, should come with a scholarship. We, uh, <laughs> an honorary doctorate <laughs> yes. after listening to this episode. <laughs> Apply now for your honorary, <laughs> pero let me tell you, doctorate's degree. Uh, <laughs> PLMTYU. <laughs> we can make a t-shirt of that. Yeah. Where do you go, PLMPYT? Uh, uh, PYT University, PYTU. <laughs> yes. Anyway, everybody, we hope you listen, laugh, and learn. As always, remember to grab your pastelito, your croquetas, and your cafecito. Yep. Go Kansas City. Go Usher. <laughs> go Usher. All right. Everybody have fun at the Super Bowl. Yes. Enjoy, enjoy the parties, parties, everybody. Bueno, bye. Bye. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano, and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.